ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, Brian David Marshall here with Michael J. Flores In for the streets of New York City. Oh yeah, the, the, they're very loud. It's very pleasant out tonight, but it is a little street noisy and I, I feel like I hear a jackhammer. Oh, that a is le- a jackhammer. A legitimate, we're across the from a construction site. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we could have been inside the store where we're going to participate in FNM later, but that would have been that would have been too... Yeah, well, the store had, like, fairly loud music. But it was the Wallflowers who I like. Yeah. Okay. Speak- I find them a little dull. So much better than his dad. Wow. <laughs> wow. How many people do you think would go on record to say that? Um, I, most contrarians. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Because I would just say, if you were to say one, I'd be like, actually, it's less than one. <laughs> uh, but you saw a pretty good show last night. I did. I saw Liz Fair play at uh, White Eagle Hall in Jersey City. Yeah. And she was terrific. She played, like, the best cuts off of her first three albums. She played one new song that was pretty good. Did she but, play you know, Strange Loop song? from Exile and Guyville? One strange loop. It's the last song in Exile by Guyville. I, it's my I never favorite. remember the songs by names. What's the theme? The fire you like so much in me. Yeah, I think I think she did that. Yeah. Right. What song do you think she closed with? Perfect world. No. She closed with uh, Uncle Alvarez. Fucking run. You said that she played like in order. Fucking run is an order. album one song. She didn't play in order. I said oh, she played God. all the stuff. All stuff from those first Did three albums. Did she play Flower? I, I don't know song. I don't really Flowers know. Flowers every time I see your face, I think of things I'm pure unchaste. I believe she did, yes. Did she use the original lyrics or the record lyrics? And when I say the original lyrics, were the following lyrics uttered? I'll fuck you and your girlfriend too. She used all of her original lyrics. <laughs> so that's the original lyrics. That's yeah. not the lyrics that made it onto Exile and Guy. Yeah. So. Some of us have bootlegs from, sure. from the old days. Yeah, I just, I just found out that Alan Hockman, Magic Tournament organizer, went to high school with her. Nice. And Chris Galvin apparently saw, like, was basically, like, the first former head of organized play for Magic, yeah. also from Chicago, was apparently, like, the first Liz Fair fanboy and saw, like, a bunch of shows at the bar across the street from where he lived. Just would, saw her, like, four or five times. Like before and after Exile and Guyville was released. Our Canadian audience right now is thinking to themselves, there are jackhammers. Brian was just at the Mythic Championship 6, and they're talking about a 50-year-old non-pop star. I mean... And to that I say, yes, I am. Yeah, Yeah, fair. So, uh, yeah, I was just at the Mythic Championship. It was uh, pretty sweet. It was fun to be there. Uh, I got to do mystery pack drafts. What's that? So Mystery Pack is a new product released by Wizards of the Coast, which is essentially chaos drafting. There are some, I think, 1,500 plus cards that could be in the booster packs. Are any of them Tarmogoyf? No, I don't believe so, but I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked at the list. Let's say there's a Tarmogoyf in every pack. There's a fair amount of rares in every pack. There's multiple rares in some packs. It's the, The number of rares is definitely greater than one. Are they original borders or modern borders? They are original borders. So 
So if it was a modern border originally, then it was a, yeah, a modern yeah. border. If it was yeah. an original border, yeah. it was an original border. I got border. like a Helm of Awakening in one of my... Oh. In one of my... Uh, is that what the one? Helm, Helm of Awakening is the one that reduces costs. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Helm, Helm of Obedience is, is the one that oh. you're thinking of. I, I did I ever tell you I tried to buy all of the Helm of Obediences once? No. Like it was like nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety six when Ice Age came out. I decided I was gonna be a blue white player, so I was gonna die if Helm of Obedience ever resolved, right? <laughs> so my my strategy was to buy all the Helm of Obediences. I was not successful. No. I think I might have like a half a dozen. I mean that was an, a, a prince I didn't have a lot of money, I was a kid. But I tried to buy them. Is this like the time Steve Saden speculated on vampire hex mages? He's like fifty cents. These are way too cheap. This is going to be a great combo deck. But then found out they were uncommon. Um, no, I wasn't speculating on them. I was literally trying to remove them from the market yeah. so that people couldn't side them in against me. Uh, that unless, was like literally my strategy. Unless I paid you fifty dollars, right? <laughs> I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Yeah. All right. So do you have, still have a whole bunch of Helm of Obediences? I have some. I don't know how many. Like, I don't think I ever got that many. Yeah. You know, did, like, your, did your efforts to buy it out end at seven? I would guess I have more than two play sets. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, <laughs> this is not a very impressive attempted buyout. If you like, you're like, oh, face-to-face is only letting me buy eight. Guess sure. I'm done. No, no, no. I call up Car Young Tom, and I say, I need a... I need a full minimum twenty of every kind of full art basic land for my for my rotating box, and he unhitches the eight limits so that I can buy them. And he's like, "I'm I'm turning this off in an hour." I see. If so. you're listening to this, Car Young Tom's boss, he never did that. He did more than once. Oh, yes. Yeah, I need you, to have you really bamboozled them buying all those full art lands. I need them. <laughs> what are you talking about? Nothing. Like, if I only have, like, one basic island in my deck, I'll, like, play a beta island, yeah. right? Like, but, like, in my decks that have, like, you know, 19 mountains... I mean, how many basic mountains does one have to own? Like, if, if you're me, you need at least 40 basic mountains, I've, I've at come, least. I've come all the way around to just land box basics. No. No. Yeah. I le- so, there's not many things I will say I learned from Elliot Furtick. Okay. <laughs> I will not say that. How weird is it that Elliot... Oh, no, no. Elliot Furtick didn't come up today. Paul Furker came up oh. today. Papa Paul? Papa Paul, Pro Tour yeah. Top 8 competitor, Papa Paul Furker? I'm, nav- I'm navigating uh, a guest appearance on All Things Considered. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so we were talking about some old Grey Matter tournaments. Greatest PTQ Top 8 of all time. Papa Paul Furker, John Samuel Finkel, Michael J. Flores, John Chinook, uh, Fred Ferrey. Oh man, that's a name. It's pretty good. Fred Ferre. He's like a Grand Prix top eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was also just like an East Coast. Yeah. Like PQ like and boss. And boss. And yeah, boss for yeah. sure. Um, I don't remember who the seventh was, but the eighth was Elliot Furtick. Oh, okay. So it's probably. So John John Samuel Finkel only lost three games on the day. They were to me and Elliot. We were playing pile of bitches. Uh, John Samuel Finkel defeated me in the top four of this PTQ. It was a two-slaughter, of course. Uh, and uh, I only lost three games on the day. Two of them were to John in the top four. Sure. Uh, Punchline, that was a Saturday. On the Tuesday, John called me up and he said, oh, I got my ratings invite in the mail. <laughs> so did your invite pass down to you? No, it didn't, it didn't do <laughs> shit like that. Oh, I don't know. Who was the tournament organizer? It was you. 
<laughs> Would you have done that? I'm like, oh, John got his ratings invite. That's nice. <laughs> that's that's a nice story. Yeah. Yeah, I only lost three games on the entire day. Yeah, Two of I them mean, are the greatest player of all time. Like you do. I mean, what's your expectation? Yeah. I remember I won a PTQ like a month later, and John was playing the. John was actually qualified for that for that for that pro tour, but he was just they used to let qualified players play. And I remember John had taken two losses in the first five rounds. But I looked over and I knew John had taken his like second loss, and I'm like, this one's mine. <laughs> as soon as he was out, it was a two slaughter, and uh, I split the finals with Bachman, David Bachman. Let, let's 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 change the topic to more modern events. Let's talk about the storyline draft in 1999. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be more modern. Yeah, it really is. It's all of 1997 we're yeah, talking yeah, about right now. Yeah. It's like 22 years ago. Um, what? So what, by the time this goes up, it'll be Monday. And we, we may have a follow-up to it. But I mean, there's going to be happening on Monday. Something's happening on Monday. Or there's everyone's gonna be an, quitting magic. There's going to be an announcement. So two two part question. Yeah. The second part is what do you think will be banned? But before you answer that, what is the worst possible ban announcement, barring nothing? Okay. That you can plausibly imagine for Monday, like the worst. What's the worst? I, I know what yeah. you're saying. The okay. worst possible ban announcement, barring nothing, is they ban Gilded Goose, Nissa, and like Wicked Wolf. Uh, and those were all top cards that were they're like all right we're gonna ban these cards all broke records with their level of popularity in the tournament <laughs> right all of them were played in at least six of the decks in the top eight if not eight <laughs> we're banning nissa who shakes the world wicked wolf <laughs> we're banning the goose this is a lame goose format and we're rounding it out <laughs> like by banning i don't know yeah like uh, for for forbidden passage, right? <laughs> like, boom, taste it, <laughs> right? Can you imagine that? Like, I I can imagine a scenario where they where they try. I can. I'm not saying this is what I think will happen, but I can. I've been thinking about it a lot. Where they ban cards around the card that is on the box. Okay. How about it's on the box? How about there that that would result in a revolt, an Aether revolt? Okay. How about this? I don't get angry at commentary very often. Okay. Sure. Like, sometimes I disagree with people. Sometimes I'm like, all right, they just don't understand the matchup. You know, like it, there's like this is clearly wrong, but you know, I guess you're allowed to say this. You're being paid to be on camera right now. The idea. That there's anything wrong with Nissa, who shakes the world, and that like, well, the real problem here <laughs> is that these Nissa decks are too powerful. Oh no, and Hydroid Crisis. You ban that one. Oh, so strong. <laughs> you're banning the blue card. That's what you're doing. All right, so, like, we're gonna get rid of Bleeding Pool. <laughs> they have like somebody had to feed them that, right? Like, they had to be like, why don't you talk about how Nissa, who shakes the world, is a really problematic card? Because it's showing up in all these high-performing decks, like, all right. So let me, let me so like that is so intellectually disingenuous. It's so ins like, I, can anyone listen to this and be like, oh yeah, this is the thing that I should, I should listen to this I, head on and believe that this is something that someone would believe. I expect this to get banned on Monday. Why? I think it's just maybe they just feel. Now here, here's the question. Let's assume, which I think most people do, 
that Oko will be banned on Monday. Yeah. Right? Does what happens to the Nissadex? Are they just... Like, how much do they rely on a battalion of elk out in front of them okay. protecting Nissa? Do the people who are making this decision realize that the highest performing version that, this is that had over a 70% win percentage and was something like 85% against non-food decks doesn't play Nissa? By, by the way, I have a, I have something that I hope is on the ban list, and it won't be, which I think you're referencing, which is Witch's Oven. Okay, so... I want Witch's Oven to go away. The, I'll tell you why when the you're The sacrifice done. deck finished with something about 85% against non-food decks. Against food, it was just a regular deck. The food is so good, yeah. right? But, like, if you were playing blue-white control, red-black sacrifice, whatever kind of ill-advised adventure deck you could have been <laughs> playing, that deck ran you the fuck over, okay? One-ones for one, <laughs> coming down, draining for one, coming back. Yeah, the cat, the cat food deck did super well there. Unbelievably well. But... Having played a bunch with this Witch's deck... Witch's Oven is too good. It's not even... It, it is... Even assuming it's too good or not too good, operationally, it is such a drag. Like, it uh, is... Have you have you played with this card online? I've not played... Yeah, I've played, it, it, I played it with it in so Limited. Ma- it's so, so many clicks. I will not... I will not have it a positive... It just adds so much... It adds so much time to the tournament. I'm just not going to have a positive, you know, reaction to any suggestion of ban that I would broadly categorize under Sky Games. Okay? <laughs> I learned this from Huey Jensen. He said, Sky Games is what is wrong with magic. Okay? Sky Games is a... Was that an enchant land? I'm, I'm familiar. No, it was just an enchantment. Okay, so it's like... But like... You could give your own character... You could give your own creatures flying. But only... Only at sorcery speed. And only yours, Yeah, right? okay. So... I don't even know if it's sorcery speed. I don't think it matters. I believe it's sorcery speed. Yeah. And the reason is... Can't look it up. Huey in airplane mode. I literally can't look it up. (laughs) Huey Jensen... Just trust me, it's got all kinds of bumpers and training wheels on it, right? Right. Huey's argument was like, they want to be so inclusive, they never want someone to quit magic because they lost to an on table. And Sky Games prevents that from happening. Sure. Sky Games is on table, but you you can't get fooled by Sky Games. It's too clunky. What if you Yam Wing Chun into your attack step, and then it's too late? No, no, the other guy doesn't lose to that. Okay? Oh. So, like, like you know, if you're attacking, and then you're, like, positioning yourself, you're like, Sky Games! And they're like, oh, no, Sky Games got me! You know, like, all those types of people, like, you know, we have, like, all those all those podcast episodes that are like, this creature has reach. Yeah. <laughs> like, that will never happen with Sky Games. I, uh, I got someone to concede on Arena the other day. Yeah. By the way, the jackhammer is in full throat. This is great. Uh, Did you say the jackhammer is in full throat? Yeah. Yeah, Lysphere really rubbed off on you. (laughs) Wow. That was some harsh, uh, you know, Canadian Chicago in there. So, uh, my opponent attacks with a ginger brute. Oh, yeah? And I had crashing drawbridge. And I gave all my characters haste on defense. You messed them up. And I ate his ginger brute. And then they conceded. I'm, like, just stumbling through Limited on MTG Arena. So I didn't know this before. If I got 1,000 gems, I was just opening a pack before. Brian's like, no, just save up your packs and draft. Like, your worst-case scenario is you're just down one pack, and you might be up a pack, and you get gems. And I'm like, what's a gem? Right? (laughs) Like, you're like, well, if you get a certain number of gems, you get three packs, 
because you get to draft with them, and then you get a fourth pack. No, you don't get. You don't can't use your packs in a draft. No, no. The gems let you be in a oh, draft. Oh yes, yeah. So that's yes. three packs. Yes. And I get a fourth pack no matter Wait, how bad just, I am. You were just buying a pack with your gems. Don't pretend you don't know this. <laughs> I know. I just want to linger on it yeah, for yeah. a moment. So I was. So I've just been playing limited. I'm actually really. I enjoy the limited more than the, yeah. the constructed by, because by the I don't way. have any good decks. And why do you enjoy the limited so much? What, what, tribal. Type would you say you're drafting a lot of? I mean, I only draft fairies, <laughs> ever fairies. Yeah. Because sometimes you get like four didn't say please. Yeah. <laughs> and your opponent like rarely wins if you have four didn't. You say also please. drafted a fair amount of Merfolk Secret Keepers. Is that true or untrue? Oh, oh, fairies is wrong. Yeah, Merfolk. Yes, that's <laughs> whatever. So blue you're, creatures. you're that guy. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is that guy. No, everyone's trying not to be that guy. Why would you do that? It's so boring. I never even win a match if I'm not mono blue. I had the sweetest mono white deck. Like, my first pick was Rumkulk Giant. I had a sweet curve. I Like, every part of my deck was awesome. Yeah. I won my first match. I'm like, this deck is awesome. And then I didn't win any more match. I lost to, like, a stupid thing every single round. I, got, I, ran, <laughs> I ran into Runner Runner Oko at the back end of a draft last night. Yeah. But, anyway... So yeah, Merfolk, not not yeah, fairies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I know what you meant. Small I know what you blue meant. dude. So, so what do you? So what I? What do you think will be banned? All right, I think that the and then we'll we'll be held to our predictions because this will probably go live on Monday yeah. after the ban. So I can tell you when the last time I was like a, uh, I was really vociferous about a ban. I was just like. So wait, let's let's set it up first of all. So yeah, I was at, we were I was at Mythic Championship Six. I assume you watched some of Mythic Championship Six. I watched enough. What would you say the temperature of the standard format is right now? I don't know what you mean by temperature. Like what's it? What is what is like if someone's just listening and it's more homogenous than any format that's ever existed in the past. Yeah. The the only question right now to me is whether the Sultai Sacrifice deck is a flash in the pan. Or if it has it has legs, right? right? It's possible to flash in the pan. But well, the Sultai Sacrifice deck has a fair amount of overlap with the other decks. Patrick claims it's the same deck as the Sultai food deck, sure. right? So basically you just trade out Nissa and Hydroid Crassus for the Witch's Oven cat engine. Right. So you're just like, all right, here's one engine. You trade that for a different engine. Yeah. And then, like... You have, like, more Murderous Riders and fewer Wicked Wolf. Right. It's, but the rest of the card is exactly the same. It's, right. like, Vraska, Oko, Gilded Goose, etc. So, um, and then the number one most popular deck was Simic Food. The number two most popular deck was Sultai Food. number three most popular deck was Bant Food. Uh, all those decks were about 50% against each other. Sultai, I'm sorry, uh, Simic being the best. Right. Uh, Bant being the worst, but like the worst by less than 1%. Okay. Uh, every other deck was terrible by comparison, except for like um, Gruel Adventures, but I think like because Javier Dominguez played it. Yeah, so it I think was, it, it was it, just like all just world champions. Or yeah, world like, it's like it's just not it. fair, right? So <laughs> that deck had a 71% win percentage, but it was just Javier Dominguez, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so put that aside. Like every deck that's not a food based, you know, Simic or Simic adjacent deck is just terrible. Yeah. As far as we can tell. Like, the highest performing uh, Azorius control deck was something like five wins. Wow. Right? Like, I, the thing that was super depressing to me, because I knew this from personal experience, you know, I was really excited for Zvi, you know? I was like, oh, yeah, I know he had prepared so much for this event. And then to look at guys like Zvi and Sam Black, who I'd worked with and teamed with in the past, who are among the best constructed minds we have, with somewhere between one and three wins between them uh, in the constructed <laughs> portion was like, wow. Oh, I mean Oh, I guess Sam got one. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. 
So, I mean, like, that's that's not a knock on these guys, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't play Oko. Yeah. That's the knock. I think Zvi went three one and one in. Yeah, he got three wins. I said yeah. somewhere between one and three yeah, wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam had one. Yeah, that was that dangling one that really got him. The draw was not good. Yeah, but it's just like there's so many games going to time. It was insane. Patrick actually had a really interesting observation. He said you should just have your 75, but your 60 should just be whatever your optimal configuration against Simic Food is. Sure. Like, rather than what your optimal configuration as, like, a deck in the abstract is. Sure. So, like, if you're like, all but right. But people were doing that, right? Like, you'd see people just playing main I mean, decks. all the decks have Aether Gust, right? Right, Aether Gust, but or like, Grass, or... Yeah, but their mystical disputes are all on the sideboard. Sure. I, I actually was having a, you know... Discourse about something today. I actually think if you're only going to have like you know, I think Paula only had two Aether Gusts. All the things held equal. I think I'd rather have two Mystical Disputes than two Aether Gusts. I think it's all going to be academic because on Monday I have a PTQ I think, in two days. I think they're going to ban. I have a PTQ the, the problem the card day before the ban. Noxious Grasp. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, the only card we found. Right, so. It's killing the card that's on the box. So okay. we're going to ban Noxious Grasp. All right, Grasp. so. The most powerful card in standard, bar none, is Once Upon a Time. And it's not close. So it's it, it's clo- not close. Closely followed so by I do Once not- Upon a Time 5 through 8, otherwise known as the London Mulligan. Okay, so Once by the Upon way, a Time. Screw the London Mulligan. I'm so ready for it to be gone. Is far too good for standard. They will not ban that card, in my opinion. I don't think they'll ban it. Okay. I think they'll ban it in Pioneer. But it is so like if you think Oko is the problem, I mean like there's two kinds of people. There's people who think preordain's the problem, and there's people who think that Jason Mind Sculptor is the problem. I was always preordain is the problem guy. Jason Mind Sculptor is just a card. I, I, I will point out to everyone that in modern today, I can't Jason look Mind's, up. I can't look up why not both memes right now. There used to be both. Yeah. Jason the Mind Sculptor is currently not banned and not played in modern. Right. Preordain is banned in modern, and the second <laughs> they unbanned it, it would be in decks that had blue. Sure. Okay? There is, I'm telling you, there is a rule. The rule is sometimes they make library manipulation that's too good. It's just our job to right. play it. Okay? That card is the best card in you, standard, you don't not think, close. I, I, so I think <clears throat> my, 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 my picks, this is what I think is going to get banned. Right. This is what I think, but I don't think they're going to ban it. Okay. This is what I think they're going to ban. Oko, Thief of yep. Crowns. Yep. A hundred percent. Okay. And I'm ninety-five percent for me. And I'm fifty percent on Vale. I, I believe they will ban once upon a time. Yeah. Vale of Summer. Oko. And Nissa. Nissa. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in my, my wild card Hail Mary that they just throw Witch's Oven on the pile. I would be fine with them banning Witch's Oven, it's too good. Yeah. Um Look, there's just no sacrifice effects in the modern era that are that cheap. That's yeah, it's it's so crazy. So, but you're playing now. You're playing in a standard PTQ on Sunday. Yeah. That's crazy. So, like, literally, like, 12 hours or 24 hours before the ban. I will be collecting my blue envelope. Yes. You will. You will be playing the last standard format with what we believe to be the last standard format with the last matches. Yeah. What What are you gonna do? Um, I I I made this whole deck. I was like all like jive on like. I'm gonna play like a Realm Cloak Giant, Time Wipe Loop, uh, Accelerators. Like it's it's just gonna be fantastic. Like I'm gonna outthink everybody every round. Mm. Like I looked at the threat setups. No one can get through a Castle in Ardenvale if I do this and this first. I'm gonna I am gonna have the Pilgrim in my what's his name the Apostle, the two one white guy. Oh sure sure. Who RFGs for him in my sideboard. 
I don't think the Soul Tide Sacrifice deck can even interact with this card, right? Like, especially if I have Teferi and Time Wipe, right? Like, what if they're, like, their best play is Massacre Girl? I'm like, all right, put Massacre Girl on the stack, stack it, Time Wipe, your guys die, my guy lives, right? Like, uh, I would go, like, all right, I'm super happy with this. And then I thought back, and I'm like, I have been playing Bant and, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Bant Food every week at FNM and most weeks at Saturday showdown for like the last however long I've won my like last nine matches and I always win the mirror I'm like why would I go into an amateur event and not play Oko Thief of Crowns but do you really want to go with Bant into a room full of like Saltidax no so I'm going to play I'm going to iterate off of so Bant was only a little worse right. than Simic right so when I say bands just happened, what I happen to have been playing, sure. I started off on Simic. I was doing worse when I was on Simic, honestly. But I think when I was on Simic, there was still Golos decks. So, um, but the the thing I'd say is I'm going to start on Paulo's deck and iterate. There are two things that I think matter. One, I feel pretty strongly about this, and I think that the predominance of the Pro Tour missed it. I think they really just missed it. And I talked to Patrick about this. He agrees with me, but. I mean, at the end of the day, Paulo's deck is probably closest to the best deck, but I am. But I think with the new information is one of the things that I'm that I'm going to. I think Growth Spiral is just better than Paradise Druid, right? So I think it's better in almost every way. One thing that it's better at is if you just don't have a super fast proactive draw, you just pass with U1 open on turn two, and you can counter instead of tapping for your Paradise Druid. Or you can do your accelerator. You have the option. You're going to run main deck mystical dispute. So hold on, let me go through all this. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Everybody has aether gust or disdainful stroke, even if they don't. Or right. like yeah, yeah. one deck had 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 uh, had negate, for example. Right. I'm definitely gonna have something. It might be brazen borrower. Okay. Right. So sure. I'm definitely gonna play brazen borrower. Okay. It's like the um. So, but I I can pass on turn two with that. But that's not the reason why it's the best. Secondly, if you go out and you're like, I'm end up tapping my Paradise Druid for Nissa or like a, a forecast to cost semi softlock on turn three, I'm asking to get it killed by Wicked Wolf. I'm just sure. begging for it. Okay, that is those are two reasons why it's it's better in the abstract. The third and most important reason why it's better in the abstract is that if you rip a Paradise Druid late, which is pretty common, it stinks. <laughs> if you if you if you rip a Ghost Spiral late, time to roll the dice again, my friends. Right? Like we might get there. Right, so that matters to me because the games go so long. If you ram both, you could draw a growth spiral late and then cycle it into a paradise tree. Yeah, but I'm not doing that. Okay. okay, so that's that's one thought process. The other one, those are the abstract thought processes. Yeah. The specific thought process, and I don't think people understand this yet at all, is that Massacre Girl is not particularly good at getting the party started. Right? Like, if you look at the constituency of the cards in these decks, they have cats, sure, but their cats are usually becoming food anyway, right? We both have we both have geese, but geese have two toughness. If you don't give them a catalyzing one toughness creature, Massacre Girl might not go off. Just might not go off. You can make it you can make it more difficult for it to go off. So. Right? So yeah, but if I if I'm making it more difficult to go off by like impairing their engine somehow or whatever, I might just buy a little time. Sure. But so I, I recently listened to um, a podcast where Malcolm Gladwell is talking about uh, interviewing Israeli, like, expert Israeli bodyguards. And he was talking about how come these Israeli bodyguards are so good and so much better than American bodyguards. American bodyguards' first instinct when they see a suspicious person is to go for their gun, right? So, like, he says, that's the problem. 
And they're like, oh, because of violence? No, there's going to be violence if you think that somebody's going to like kill your, you know, the president or yeah. whatever, right? It says, if you take a second to go for your gun, by the time you've got your gun, you have a dead president, right? right. Their instinct is to focus on the situation and figure any way they can to stretch a second out of it, right? That's a really good metaphor for magic. If you look up at like, the, the best players, how patient they are with their key interactive cards, right? How they're able to get out of draws where their opponent has a lot of initiative and they're a little slow on mana, right? They're all about eking out a little bit of additional time. I, I, I was so impressed by this with Paulo this weekend, last weekend, yeah. watching Paulo play and be in multiple situations where he like mulligan to five. Well, and, and but and his like he eked out every extra second he could out of his game at every turn. So he took every trade. I'm agreeing exactly with you. what I'm saying. Yeah, right? he took every trade he could take. He took every like little edge. He took every little bluff he could make to get a couple points of damage. It's in. funny because Paulo says there's no bluffing in Magic, but you mean when he attacked with that Gadwick? <laughs> you know that just the cor- the funny thing is there's the like, cor- like, there's the correct block there, and then he ends up just trading it anyway, or like, yeah. the next turn. Which are like if he just blocks that Gadwick, oh, I'm sorry, he just blocks that uh, blocks that land. Yeah, yeah. Paulo's yeah. cold, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but but when I, I think when Paulo says there's no bluffing in Magic, he just means because there's I no know. folding. There's he just also, but he also means I know he's not blocking. There. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I just, but it, but it it plays exactly into what you're talking about. I just watched. He was so economical with all of his movements in terms of at every stage of the game, right? He just never. I was just keenly aware of how how fine a tightrope he was walking at, at every at every turn. So I'm not sure. Like, it, it, believe me, I'm not taking anything away from his accomplishment when I say this. It's just like hard for me to categorize this. He mulligans to five. He's on the play. His first play is Gilded Goose. His opponent's first play is Crawl Harpooner Your Gilded Goose. It's now up four cards on the second turn of the game, with the Pro Tour Finals on the line. How do you lose from that position? Right, he wasn't mana screwed. Right. How do you lose? It's not how did Paulo win, right? Like, Paul, it, it wasn't even close. Right. Paulo made it look like a landslide. Like I, I would not say. I would say he looked like he was clawing and scratching every step of the way. But I okay. mean, like about turn five, it did not At look like point, a, yeah. it did not look like two players were playing that game. Yeah. On the second turn, he's down four cards. Yeah, I know it was crazy. I, I, I he's I, down an opportunity. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a masterpiece. I thought he played a masterpiece of a game. Um, how about that other guy in the finals? I thought he retired. Uh, Andre always retires. He's really good. Yeah. He's just really good. Super young. Third Pro Tour top eight. Um, Too bad there's no Hall of Fame. That guy might have been on a on a trajectory. I mean, he's still got years to go before he would be eligible. <laughs> yeah. Like, years where there's no Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, I, I believe there's still going to be a Hall of Fame. All right. So They've said there would be. So, to answer your question, uh, I'm probably not going to play Bant, right? Right, yeah. Uh, like, most of the things that are that distinguish Bant, I side <laughs> out in the mirror match against other food decks anyway. Like, I I always, like, Bant starts uh, the detention guy and has, like, Wicked Wolf on the sideboard. I always side yeah. the detention guy out and put the yeah. Wicked Wolves in. Like, yeah. why would I Why would I play those cards? Sure, sure, right? sure. Like, um, but, yeah, like, so, I, I've i been, like, you know, I'm mostly talking about playing Saturday Showdowns, which are standard, or F&Ms, but I had, like, a really reliable win rate with these food decks at local tournaments 
why would I give up the edge? Like, I'm, like last week, I was just, I was like patting myself on the back. Like, I just didn't do anything for three turns. I just, he had like a fast goose rod. I just countered his first two planeswalkers and then resolved my Nissa on the third turn. So what's your, that was so, awesome. so what, what's the deck you're going to play? Uh, I'm going to start with Paulo's deck. Uh, assume I'm going to iterate the um, Paradise Druids into Gross Spirals. And um, might mix up the interactive cards. I'm not 100% sure. I think that all other things held equal, I'd rather have a Mystical Dispute than an Aether Gust. Paulo, I believe, played two Aether Gusts in his main deck. There's two reasons for this. I think, whether or not it's right, it may or may not be right, okay, uh, that the uh, top end of the Simic decks are on 2x mass manipulation. You have to assume that's where people are going to be on because Strosky and Paulo had two mass manipulation at the top end. Like, I had to, like, go over their decks pretty pretty keenly before I was like, oh, did they work together? Right? Like, these yeah, decks yeah, are yeah. very similar, they right? Did. So, yes. so one thing that I'm going to do is change the number, uh, I'm sorry, change that interaction because you can't, you have to assume that if the mass manipulation for, you know, X equals two or something resolves, you lose, right? right? Unless you're playing Tristani. All right, so, well, if they take Planeswalkers, Tristani doesn't save you there. Uh, right, he only saves creatures. Boo. So, um, uh, so mystical dispute will save you there. Aether yeah. Gust won't. Right? right, right. Mystical dispute will play will do better than Aether Gust in many situations. For example, if you Aether Gust a Hydroid Crisis, I'm not even sure if that's good. Right? You just reloaded their ability to draw and gain life. Right. right. Um, if you mystical dispute the Hydroid Crisis, it still sucks. <laughs> But it doesn't suck as bad, right? Right? Like, like usually when people are like in the position where they're chaining crises, that's where they want to be. That's what like an Aether Gust does, right? Uh, Mystical Dispute is like at least they don't have this, you know, block your smaller crisis, right? Right. The other thing is like on turn one or two, if the opponent has a fast draw, and you're playing second, right? It's literally just playing second. I'm not saying whether you're playing bad, you got a good draw, a sideways draw, whatever. You can just counter their Oko on turn two, right? And cost them a food while you're doing it. Right, right. Um, Gust is slower to do that. If you're going to do it at all, you now can't make a proactive play. How, how do you feel about Crawl Harpooners in general? Um, I, I, two minds on it. I kind of like them. I kind of, I think they're just like not big time enough. Yeah. Right? Like, I think these, I think. Like, it's just like when it's a blowout, it's just insane. I, I, like, I think like there's just two ways it can go, right? If you're going to be like Crawl Harpoon... First of all, I'm probably going to play four Questing Beasts in my sideboard. Okay. And the reason for that is because they only played like two Questing Beasts, <laughs> like Paulo and Strasky, but they didn't, they didn't, I assume, prepare for a tournament where they think that the Cat Food deck is going to be the most prevalent deck in the top right. eight. My assumption, Abe Corrigan won the Grand Prix on Sunday, yeah, yeah, beat yeah. Reed Duke in the finals. Yep. I mean, Brooklyn is Abe Corrigan's hometown. I mean, this is going to be a Sultai sacrifice room if there is one in the yeah, in the country. Yeah, I was just going to. Okay. I was actually going to was holding that one in yeah. the holster there. Yeah. But yeah. How many guys in the Sultai sacrifice deck can naturally block uh, a questing beast? I'll give you a hint. <laughs> they're taking four. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. So they're taking four. Uh, everyone's a critic. Though. Yeah. Well. Um, I mean, they have like one wicked wolf, maybe two wicked wolves. They have Masker Girl. They can interact with you potentially, but Masker Girl isn't particularly good against the archetype, and you're bringing this card in. How, how do you feel about some of the uh, Obzon lists that have been floating around? It's like Obzon Sacrifice, and they're running Ethereal Absolution. To go for, over the top? Well, also just like, okay, yeah, your cat came back and went away. 
Because it's a zero zero now. Yeah. And you can also exile their cats from their yard with the absolution and I mean that's like a pretty metagame deck, right? They're just going after uh, other cat deck, food that decks. Deck, that deck is being played right now uh, a lot on arena. Yeah. Um, Kaya is being played quite a bit. I, I know mean, you're, are you just assuming people don't play like the just the legit Simic food deck? I feel like Brazen Borrowers and well, you and Questing Beasts are going to rip that deck up. I don't know. I mean, you know, possibly just looking towards a post Oko world there, but yeah, but that's not the that's not the format we're preparing for. I mean. It's well, nice you're looking ahead. Well, you get to prepare for it, right? Like, you do get to load up, right? Like, I, I, you have answers to Oko. I am convinced post-Oko world is Azorius Playground. How could it not be? You can loop Time Wipe and Rumcloak Giant. <laughs> I mean, do people not understand what this is? But you imagine you have a Teferi in There's play. a lot. Look, Mike, there's a lot of messed up magic cards in Throne of Eldraine. If Zvi has convinced me of one thing, yeah. so there's a lot of messed up. He didn't say messed. Messed up cards in Throne of Eldraine, and we're just scratching the surface of them. We're just clearing. We're just skimming the top. Yeah. We're just going to skim some cards off the top and let the next bunch rise up. I just have, like, you know, casual 56 power and... Uh, 12 wraths in 8 cards you know casually yeah you know like, I, I think like any of these things are they're just cute like how could you play these cards there's planar cleansing in this format like I, I'm gonna start on like minimum 8 5 casting cost wraths between realm cloak giant time wipe and planar cleansing probably play 10 main deck I mean I don't know maybe the format gets super fast maybe red decks will suddenly become viable right. but you know there's no shortage of hosers for things right like Zvi was building mono red with and once please. upon a time. <laughs> uh, does he have any way to cast it? Yeah, you run some stomping grounds. Yeah. Fine. I think that might just be right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, imagine, Can you imagine if you're just like four once upon a time in in modern burn just to increase your likelihood of hitting Eidolon on the second turn yeah. on the play? Yes, I can. Like massively increase yes. your Eidolon count? It's like four more mulligans. Yeah, so I'm writing that down. That's actually now. That's now part of my. That's part of the Michael J. Matrix. We'll hit that. Yeah. We'll hit that shit. So we'll 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 see how you did. We'll find out how you did it on Sunday. I, I, uh, check it right now, brother. Okay. The envelope is going to be as blue as my mass manipulation. I can tell you that one of the things that's happening on Tuesday. Yeah. Is V is playing in the Twitch Rivals tournament or whatever that big Twitch event? Yeah, Eric Tam. Yeah. Pro so he, Tour top eight competitor. Yeah. Canadian was he a national champion? I'm, I'm not Canadian. sure. I'd be was certainly a world champion, world top eight competitor. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eric Tam asked me to play. Also, are you playing? No, I have a board of directors meeting. There. Wow. So, uh, Z and I put our board of directors meeting on hold. Are you playing? No, I'm not playing. I'm Why? Because I'm not streaming yet. I just. I'm not I, streaming either. He said stream this event. Yeah. No. Obviously, that's what Z is doing. Z's gonna yeah. be streaming. He's been practicing. He's working on it. So, you know, he's going to... I think we might do an old-school Top 8 Magic... Just watching... Round-by-round round update podcast. That'd be sick. Uh, and, you know, those historically have done pretty well for the subjects of that. What if he had, like, the official podcaster in his... In, like, I, have right to say, I, I think I have the original no, podcast. don't. I do. How come I'm not, like, a five-time Grand Prix champion? You must have lost it. I think I have it. I I, don't we just don't it. use it. We just got iPhones. I don't believe it. iPhones and jackhammers. It's the secret to our... Success. You can't see my air quotes. I saw them. <laughs> Why are you saying what I can and can't see? I can see it. So, all right. Well, good luck this weekend. 
Thank you. Um, I would definitely have a plan for cat food. Yeah, what do you think about, like, just playing, uh, you know, a bunch of questing beasts? And maybe, maybe what, I think, like, Crawl Harpooner is better in this situation than, than against food because you can just, like, beat up their, uh, their goose. Like, you get a lot of tempo. Like, their deck isn't really that good at putting power in play. It's just super annoying. No, you just mess them up. Yeah. Right? Like, you just, you beat them old school. Like, they're, like, they're, like, you know, like, Rocky Four. Where, like, Drago is just, like, he's, like, running on a treadmill, but, like, Rocky's running up a mountainside. It's like that. It's, like, old school. I'm doing dragon flags in the basement. You know, like, I'm punching, like, a side of beef. He's punching, like, a computer. He's mad. He's punching a robot or something, right? You know what I'm talking about, Rocky Four. Yeah. yeah. Drago killed Creed. Yeah, you just saw the movie two days ago. How, how do you know? I know. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I did see it two days ago. I have a t- text somewhere on my phone that says, if he dies... He dies. <laughs> Is it from Lan? It was. <laughs> in one. No, actually, it might have been from Satan in response to Lan, but I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, Ferrando was there. Yeah. Yeah. Grand Prix Top 8 competitor, Matt Ferrando. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Monday, this will be up post-announcements. So, so, so wait, My this, prediction. The BDM prediction. Is Once Upon a Time. And Vale. And Vale. And Oko. Elko, and Nissa. And And I'm and just going to throw in Witch's Oven. The oven is the oven is. I'm so taking a good. big swing. I'm taking a big swing on that. The oven is so good, but I don't think it's it's done enough damage yet. Okay. What's, your, what's yours? Oko? Yeah. 50% Vale, 50% not Vale. Okay. I would love to see Vale. Okay. So if I if I set the line at number of cards banned, 2.5. I'm under your over. You're under and I'm over. All okay. Right. Okay. But hey, this is really probably what they're going to ban. Nissa, Wicked Wolf, <laughs> the Goose, Noxious Grasp, <laughs> Murderous Rider. Murderous Rider has to go. I mean, Aether Gust is a- <laughs> six copies were played between the two decks in the top two. Got it. Get that out of here. Yeah. You know, anything that can interact with an Oko, <laughs> gone. Hot take. I wish I had time for this. Yeah. I, I, if I had time, I would I would have figured this out. But I know there's no time. Yeah. I think Karn might be secretly the best. Ooh. So Karn doesn't just shut off Witch's Oven. Oh. It also shuts off food. I haven't done anything with it yet, okay? Ooh. And it not just is that, it executes food while gaining loyalty. Choo, choo, choo. It executes the bejesus out of their food. And they can't turn their food off or on. Right. And they can't tap Witch's Oven. And then what if I just, like, use Karn to go get, oh, I don't know, Sorcerer's Spyglass, and I turn off their Oko so their Oko can't elkify my Sorcerer's Spyglass? Like, one card turned off the are, entire deck. Why are you getting on this? I don't have time. I don't know how to fit it. I, like, I, I built some schemas. I'm like, uh, I'm going to be down on gonna be down on crises. I, I, I think that if you can find a way that just messes that. I That's think, insane, right? I think, especially because, like you said, this tournament's in Brooklyn. Yeah. It is in Abe Corrigan's backyard. Yeah. This is a deck that is going to be widely played in that group, in that area. Like, if you have a good answer. That sounds like a good answer. It sounds like a good answer. Right? I'm going to I'm gonna make Zvi text you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message Zvi on my way home and make him text if you, you about this. Off, you can just turn off their walkers. Your walkers are on still. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's just like... The, the other thing is that the the various decks have a knock against them is they don't draw that many cards. Karna's just a card-drawing machine. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's not just it draws cards. It draws cards you want. Like, 
once you have like seven mana, you're like, oh, I'm gonna get Meteor Golem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like this. Yeah. I think you should try to figure it, it out. It shuts everything down by itself. Like you, first of all, you don't need that much room in your sideboard. You get to play all your sideboard cards main deck. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just talking. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm playing like a, <laughs> you know, a goose growth spiral deck. I'm just gonna happen to find room for four cards. All right. I guess I could flex spot them where other people have. Am I cutting borrowers? That seems terrible. I don't know. It seems like a pretty. I'm excited. I have nothing at stake though. All right. I guess we're in for Karn. All right. All right, Mike. Good luck. We'll follow up uh, early next week. In the meantime, this has been Michael J. Flores, Brian David Marshall, Top 8 Magic. GB.